0: hey welcome to another mile post here on the v-twin life the v-twin life is brought to you by a few great companies one being crashing clothing you can find them out of oregon great company specializing in clothes doing work on bikes now you can check them out at crashinclothing.com they got a lot of great stuff hey head on over there maybe they got something you like and can't forget wild ass you like pounding miles you like riding you want to be in comfort Hey, maybe strap a wild ass under your ass and ride with an air cushion and be comfortable for hours. And can't forget Custom Dynamics, leading the industry in lighting LED technology. Man, these guys got some great stuff. So head on over to Custom Dynamics and check it out. Now, let's get to another mile post of the V-Twin Life. What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to another mile post here in the V-Twin Life. Tonight we are passing down milepost 93. We got another guy here out of the Pacific Northwest, out of Oregon. We got Dewey Rides. There's a lot of great riding and just a fellow lifelong Pacific Northwest guy. And it's always fun getting to chat with these fellow guys where you can understand and relate to the areas when, you know, it's the same region where you live. So it makes a lot of fun. So uh, welcome, Dewey, man. Thanks for taking time on this Sunday night, coming to hang out and, and share some adventures.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. Hopefully, we get people to show up. I I didn't realize it was Super Bowl Sunday when I was doing it on the 12th, but you know. Yeah, I didn't exactly realize it either, but
0: that's right. I mean, for me, it's like, I don't mind. I've, you know, without going down a political drama of professional sports and and whatnot, it's like, I, I enjoy doing this. So, hey, if those fellow guys and gals in the motorcycle world want to come hang out, then hey, awesome. If not, well, they can watch the replay, but we can still sit here and talk
1: bikes and have a good time. Yeah, exactly. And I got nobody in the game, so I don't care.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. So, well, let's dive in how I liked it with everyone, man. How did you find
1: motorcycles? Where'd it come into life for you? Oh, so, well, I guess find them and start riding them are maybe two different things. You know, I still, one of the, one of my early childhood memories was one of our good family friends and neighbor had a motorcycle and I was probably five, you know, when he put me on the tank and gave me a zip around the block and, you know, those early memories kind of stick with you. And then, you know, when I got old enough, probably I think I was, you know, 21, 22, I got a motorcycle, one of my good friends and I'm a, I'm a big car guy too. And so one of my good friends and he's in a, in a bunch of my videos, one of the guys I ride with, got a bike and the two of us just sort of, you know, started riding and just kept riding.
0: What was the first one you got started on?
1: My first bike was a 1982 Honda CM 450. So, a little bitty, you know, Japanese standard kind of cruiser looking thing. 450 parallel twin. Also, remind me,
0: my first one I started, you know, when it came to riding on the road was the 83 Honda V45 Sabre.
1: Yeah, well I had a lot more horsepower. I think mine I think I think my 450 is 27 horsepower. And <laughs> 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 I and I still have it in the garage. It's probably like part of the family, you know, you just can't get rid of your first one. And so oh, it sits there. Awesome. It sits there waiting waiting for what I decide to do with it someday.
0: Hey, but you know what? at least you still got us. That, that's freaking cool. So then after that kind of, you know, what kind of thing got you really hooked into uh, into riding? What was the, you know, do you remember a key moment that just hit you? It's like, man, I I love this.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I loved it from day one. It was just, you know, I was happy just being on a motorcycle. But one of the big turning points was, I want to say it was 2007 or so, was when me and my friend Mike, who's the one from the car club that, we decided to try our first overnight trip, and we did a three-day trip, you know, kind of a loop around Oregon in three days, and that was kind of an eye-opening. Wait a second, you know, if I can ride for one day, I can ride for two. If I can ride for two days, I can ride for three, and realizing that you, you know, can do more than just zip around the city or, you know, a short day ride, and putting it together, and that was really the game changer. That's kind of when everything took off, and sort of everything that I do and my direction went more towards the travel side of things.
0: I think it's so much more fun for me. You know, like what are saying? When you, you've you go one day, then, Oh, well, I can go two or three and it adds on, but how much more fun in a way, how much more personal is on a motorcycle as opposed to in your car. It, it is, just, it is. I mean, everything, the smells, the, you know, the sense, I mean, everything just, it hits you differently and it's, it's hard to really put it into words for, you know somebody that doesn't do it to kind of explain to him, but it's it's just epic.
1: It it is, and you know it's it, I wouldn't say it's physically hard, but it's it can be challenging at times, even physically. You know, if you're not in shape for writing eight hours a day for multiple days, you know your back will feel it. You'll feel it in your joints until you know until you start doing it regularly enough and writing enough longer days. So you know there's a, there's a bit of a challenge to doing it too, and I think that that adds to the reward side of it is things you have to work a little bit harder for, I think are just naturally more rewarding.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. So what got you going, you know I mean? So when you kind of got into you know, realizing the travel game, you know, enjoying these trips, how did it, you know, did it really spark something? It's like, Hey, you know, okay. Did you put a game plan for, you know i need to upgrade you know this bike because i, I kind of want to look at needing this gear i need this and you know how to kind of progress for you
1: yeah no it did that um it, i i realized that i needed something bigger than a 450 honda from the 80s with 20 some horsepower to haul <laughs> around <laughs> gear and and things like that especially once i figured out you know some of the camping off of it and when i first started out i didn't have much money or much camping gear so the stuff i had was you know 1970s fleece sleeping bags and you know things like that that take up just a ton of room and weigh a lot and so i upgraded from that to a vstrom 650 so that i could one do a little bit of kind of light off-roading to get to camping stuff and be able to ride a lot farther a lot easier
0: i was always impressed with the V-Stroms. Hey, what's going on there? got raised motor life. said he's still traveling the car, but he's still listening. Hey, thanks for tuning in, buddy. That's awesome.
1: However you do it, man. That's the the, the trick is to just get out there and, and see new things.
0: Yeah, the V-Stroms were always, I was always a fan of them. I mean, especially, you know, you get to the leader bike, the 1,000. I mean, it was, you know, when they took the motor from the TL, kind of tuned it down a little bit and, you know, kind of made a, I don't know if you want to call it budget-friendly, Intro bike into kind of you know, I think they were trying to get into the adventure touring a little bit of the platforming, didn't have the most ground clearance, but I don't know, I was always
1: a fan of them. It was a fantastic motorcycle, and especially at the price point that it comes in at. Even today it still comes in well below a lot of other stuff in that segment. And that that V twin was a real peach of a motor. It just smooth as silk and ran all day.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, Mike's Moto Adventures. Who was on a couple mile posts back? I mean, he's on a a V Strom one thousand. He's riding all the way down to Ushuaia, going down all through. I think he's been living on his bike now for a year and a half. He's, now he's working his way down through Central America and hitting down into South America now. And it's it's awesome. It's so fun to follow those type of adventures and follow their social media and just kind of you know live vicariously through their posts and and see the adventures. It's it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, there's there's so many people that do just mind-bogglingly amazing things that get so little so little notoriety, or you know, they don't they don't have the skills for pushing themselves on social media to get seen, and it's it's kind of sad. But there's I'm blown away by some of the stuff that people do and how they manage to do it. It's 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 pretty incredible what people will it do. It makes
0: it, yeah, it really makes it a lot of fun watching their content and in their videos, you know, they're putting it together and just, and following the adventures. I mean, you know, some's like, man, I would love to do that, but it's like, you know, not everybody can do the travel that some of these guys are doing, you know, they, they give up everything. And then it's like, I just want to do this and man, it's awesome. You know, my hat's off to those guys and it is a lot of fun to follow it and, and just see, see the world through them, you know, their eyes and their camera lenses.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's the, and I think there's a lot of that, even, with people that ride predominantly in the US without having to take you know a year off your life and there's a lot of places that most people will never get to especially being in the Pacific Northwest like we are you know we live in kind of a a playground for motorcycles in a lot of ways that unless somebody gets out here the only way they may see some of these places is by people like us sharing it
0: well and that's a very good point of you know I've I've mentioned a few times as other people were talking you know, people want to do the world travel, which is awesome, but there's still, there's so much that can be seen within our own borders of this country. When you get off the main interstates and you get some of these back highways, there's so much cool stuff to be seen. I mean, I've seen so much stuff through, you know, other people's adventures. It's like, man, you, you start building that bucket list of places and it's like, man, this could be so cool. You know, places up in the Adirondacks or, um, oh, the Catskills of New York and there's places in the Midwest and the South and and there's just, I mean, from all the people I've got to meet for doing this, man, it's like I built a bucket list of places. And for me, it's like, I would love to go through the Southeast. I mean, I love history. There's so much stuff. It'd be just awesome to travel and adventure down that way.
1: Yeah. I, I, there's, there's something everywhere I go. And, and every trip I take, I come back with a bigger list of things that I missed and I want to go back and see than a list of things I got to go see. <laughs>
0: Do you ever also like say on on some of your adventures I know I kind of want to get into some of the, your little travels through the Northwest, but do you find things, you know, with every trip you do pick up something new, whether, you know, maybe it's a small little piece of gear or something, you know, essentially, I guess, do you learn something from every trip?
1: I always learn something. Um, I don't always pick up new gear. I've got a lot of the gear pretty much sorted, Um, but I learn a lot of it is I learn more about the areas and then i when i go back i know more things to go look at and go find especially when you start getting into the dirt areas when you start getting a little bit into the forest you know you kind of have to figure out the way that different forests and their road networks work and the more you do it the more you can find the stuff that you want to
0: right that's i mean i kind of built up a series of questions i mean we got into that so i know you know from some of your videos and whatnot i've watched you know you've done a lot of stuff through you know the bdr roads which i understand but they're you know some of these people were all in different places of the country you know kind of maybe if you want to explain exactly what the you know the bdr road system is because i know that's they're all through the the whole west coast i mean i know there's ones in arizona new mexico california oregon a lot of them so you know if you kind of want to maybe explain exactly what the bdr is for you know everybody that's tuning in and listening
1: yeah, the the BDRs are backcountry discovery routes, and they they actually started in Oregon in kind of the mid '90s. Um, the state tried to put together a predominantly off-road route that goes through really scenic areas to tie you in, so you could cross the whole state with without ever getting on any of the major roads. Uh, and that got shut down because of an environmental lawsuit the year after they released it, and so some four by four groups sort of picked up that map and kept it going and distributed it and then there's a nonprofit out of Seattle the BDR Foundation that that thought the idea was really good and they started doing similar routes in all these other states I think Washington was the first one they started with to add and now pretty much every western state and then there's one a mid-Atlantic that's Pennsylvania area and uh a New England one as well but it's it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting starting point. And I think that they're great starting points because you have a map to follow and a route to follow to kind of get you between all these forest roads and to a bunch of really incredible scenic places. But it, it's just a start, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of miles of unpaved roads in this country and you know, those BDRs are just scratching the surface of what's out there.
0: I know I was trying to find, there used to be a guy, I want to say it was Quinn Myers. He's out of Oklahoma, and every year he'd do, like, a two- or three-week trip, and he was always doing the BDROs. rows. You I know he did a whole, all of California, Oregon. Last year he did Washington, all the way through the Cascades, and, oh, it was so much fun watching it. And it, It's just cool. I mean, I've always, you know, I grew up riding trails and, and dirt bikes and whatnot, so with that, it's just, it, it's fun entertainment and, and just great content, and it's fun to see, you know see the state through a different through a different route, different scenes.
1: It is because and especially going through some especially going through some of the really small towns, that's the part that I always enjoy. It's just having lunch in a little cafe and you know, when you get into these towns with 19 people for the population and yeah. you know, half the towns there having lunch with you, but people are always generally quite interested in what you're doing and how you got there and I've gotten more great advice on some of, some of the best roads that I never would have found on my own because I was sitting in a cafe in some little bitty town and somebody said, well, if you're riding through here and you like motorcycles, there's this great road. You know, you go out here and you take a left and end up and in see, some amazing place.
0: And that's a, the great thing that I love about, you know, motorcycles and even, you know, I've done that, taking some of these back highways and you meet somebody at a gas station, you know, they, they see the motorcycle. Oh, you know, and it, age doesn't, I don't really think play a factor somebody see the motorcycles like they can relate to whether they still ride or they used to and you know it will spark up a conversation like well have you ever been up this way and and just like you're saying you you talk to these you know the local people in the area and they can oh you know if you go up this way there's a great viewpoint and then you can go to this little town this place has a great restaurant and it's so much fun and it's such it's so cool the networking and the, and the people that you meet all because of a common ground of a motorcycle
1: yeah and and that's where the best stories and the best places come from is doing that kind of stuff. I stopped, I haven't, I don't make reservations or anything anymore. My my route's not set because I don't like to, to not be able to go do that stuff. If somebody says you've got to go see this, right? They know their area way better than I'm ever going to know it. So I'm going to follow what they say and go see it. And I just get as far as I get in a day and find a place to sleep.
0: And I think sometimes that's fun. It's you know, you make a trip, say, okay, you know, I want to go from point A point B maybe point B is 1500 miles it could be 700 but it's like I got two days to get there and all I know is in two days I want to be at you know B destination and then it's like cool well I guess I'm gonna you know then you just kind of wing it and and find some roads find some countryside and just enjoy yourself and like I said you know when you feel like pulling off whether you're camping or you know find some little place to crash in a hotel or motel whatever it's just it's fun in a way to travel like that
1: yeah Yeah, it's it's definitely. I think it's preferable. And I used to, if I had reservations, I'd get stressed about getting there on time, or I need to be somewhere. And I think it took away from enjoying where I was at the moment because I had somewhere to be. When you don't have anywhere to be, you can really enjoy where you're at.
0: Yeah, like you said, it really takes a stress factor. It's like you know, you can be riding, and maybe you still got four hours of daylight, but you're just like, you know what? I'm just good. I'm gonna call it a day you know you find a cool place whether you know like I say you're camping you're doing you know adventure riding you find a cool little place be a great place to set up camp when you're you know camping on the side somewhere and you just go at your own pace and enjoy your ride you know the old saying you know ride your ride and enjoy it
1: yeah no one 100 i think it, it, it takes some it takes pushing yourself out of the comfort zone the first few times you do it you know it's there's I can, you know, I know that it was definitely hard the first time I took off without a reservation because I was worried that I wouldn't find something, but you do it a few times you figure out that you can always find somewhere to sleep. There's, there's always something.
0: I remember, you know, last year was the first time when we did a run a bunch of us, you know, ended up like, you know, Springer, Mike was saying, gypsy camping, a bunch of us, you know, we pulled off in a little town, this small little podunk town down in the Columbia Gorge and pulled out our tents, little mattresses and slept in the corner of a, park parking lot took over the whole corner and it was it was so much fun and you know i mean i've talked plenty of guys who love doing it you know like they refer to you know some of the old guys you know hoka hay style where they're sleeping next to their bikes and i've never done to that extreme but a couple of us I mean literally just threw a mattress down next to the bike in our sleeping bag and i mean granted that night we only slept like two and a half hours or back on the road but it was it's just awesome literally straight sleeping under the stars and just catch some z's and get up and go do it again
1: yeah I think it goes back to the you know the kind of the, the Explorer and us. I think a lot of us have a bit of that Explorer gene and you know there's not any really new places in the world to go find that nobody else has found yet but when you start doing that stuff where you're you know sleeping next to your bike or just pulling over and stopping and saying this is where I'm at and, you know I think that's a little bit of that Explorer feel of what people when they were truly exploring were doing and you know they didn't know where they were going so they just stopped when they were ready to stop yeah so
0: what made you want to kind of take on the, the YouTube side of, of, you know, sharing your adventure, so to speak?
1: I I thought about it for a long time. Uh, and a lot of it was friends and people who know me saying, you know, you need to find a way to share the stuff that you do with other people, you know, I think, and at least they wanted to watch it. And I sort of had, you know, I've, I've mentioned it on some of my social media, you know, I have a big some big stuff coming up and I wanted to get some practice in for filming some of the, some some really big adventure stuff that I have planned and I didn't want to go out and try to sort that out the first time and doing all that at the same time.
0: Yeah, maybe here in a bit we can touch on that Had some we will we'll lead up to, you know, kind of a little sneak peek nitpit of what your uh, your next I think it's fair to say epic adventure that you have planned that's going to be happening in the very near future.
1: Yeah, I and and that's one, you know, and a part of it is I like to, I, you know, now that I'm doing it, I enjoy documenting it for myself. I think it's fun to even go look at what I did two years ago, and I have a, you know, a fun video way of going back and kind of reliving it for myself, too.
0: Well, and you've ridden through some great, I mean, some of the places I've also seen, you know, I know if I've ridden through the areas, I mean, because you've really done a very good job of documenting the Pacific Northwest from, mean, you know, the rattlesnake hills down in the on the border you know you've done lolo the chief joseph highway your bdr stuff ghost towns i mean you've traveled all over by motorcycle and have shared so many awesome adventures from the places you've been it's man i you know you've done a great job i think it's pretty cool what you've done and, and you know i want to get to that point myself and you know have some trying to work on my you know video editing skills and whatnot it's like try to put stuff together and it's like well i think this sucks and i don't want to put it out and i think i just gotta understand i've watched so many it's like you know your first 20 ish videos are not going to be the greatest but you you'd never know until you put it out and i, I just got to pull the trigger and you know because a lot of stuff you've done is inspirational similar to what i want to do i'd love to you know showcase the the northwest also the you know the upper peninsula up here where i live and we all have great roads and I just got to get myself to pull the trigger. But, you know, you've done an amazing job of of all the places and and the cool ideas that you have and places you've been. It's a lot of fun to watch your, watch your channel.
1: I I appreciate that. You know, I I think I sort of leaned into showing the the roads and the scenery because I just, I really don't like being on camera myself. (laughs) So it was, it was easy to get out of it by showing that stuff a lot more than showing myself but it's, it's a learning process. And YouTube is so funny. I, you know, the videos of mine that I've made that I enjoy and I think are the best ones I've did don't really get a lot of traffic. Yeah. It's then the ones that have taken off, I wouldn't have guessed they were the ones that were going to (laughs) take off. (laughs) You know, you you can't, you can't, if you're worried about what you put out there, not being, you know, it's, it, what you think is a good video may be very different from what people who are watching and think a good video is.
0: Th- that's a, a very good point. And, you know, and I think what's great. A lot of your stuff is you're, you're not taking, you know, the, the super slap, so to speak. I mean, you're taking these secondary roads. I mean, of course, whether, you know, you're also do the adventure stuff, you know, you gotta, you know, you're hitting some of these dirt roads, the BDRs and, and really exploring the back country and, it's it's so fun to watch and really cool what you got going on.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. I think I think that's the best way. You know, I, I'm nothing against anybody who rides freeway. You know, I get on the freeway and ride it too when I need to or want to. But I think there's so much more to be seen from the small roads than there are oh. from the freeways.
0: Absolutely. But what's one of your favorite? You know, spots you just really enjoy, or let's do this. What would you say your top five places you really enjoy? If you got you know say two to four days to go take off somewhere you know you you kind of got a, a top five list or top three
1: yeah well i'll go kind of top three i'll go go in reverse order um custer motorway in idaho it goes from just outside stanley idaho which is right at the base of the sawtooth mountain so getting to it you get a ride right through the sawtooths on your way over there it's a beautiful paved road but it's a real easy of dirt and gravel road that not many people go and it goes through a ghost town an old mining community and then it goes up into the hills and it's just beautiful it's stunning and there's nobody around there it is about as remote as you can get and i would i was that was one that i was not expecting it to be as good as it was i'd seen i'd done a little research so i knew where it was and i'd seen some pictures and i think i watched one or two youtube videos on people who had done it but they didn't really document it very well i don't think they didn't show what a great area that is. And I just absolutely loved it. Um, number two would be the far southeast corner of Oregon. Um, the Albor Desert, the Steens Mountains. And it is just, it's like a different world out there. It's, you know, this the most remote place anywhere in the Continental 48. There's it's the farthest from any major town that you can get. From, um, and with the huge mountains, the big dry lake bed where they do the land speed racing on, and you can go out and camp on it, it's, it's just a really, really unique area. And I think everybody should get out there to see it because it is still one of the, being that remote is something most of us don't get to do very often. And nice. um, my number one, again, this is one that just blew me away, is the Lolo Motorway, but not Lolo Pass, not the paved road, Just parallel to the paved road up on those Mm ridgelines there's a there's a dirt road that goes and it follows the path that lewis and clark took when they went when they went through there and all along the way there's interpretive signs and all the interpretive signs have the diary page from lewis and clark's diary from the day that they were at that spot and talking about and but you know when you're up at the top of those ridge lines you can see forever from up there it is just absolutely amazing a combination of the views the history and being you know so far up so far up in those mountains is just a phenomenal experience
0: well I can imagine I mean I, I've been just I mean the paved road I've been over Lolo once and that was that was an awesome ride coming out through the panhandle, you know, that dusk hour, golden hour time was pretty freaking cool. But I mean, I wasn't, you know, up as high as advantage of you, but I can understand, you know, the area and just how beautiful it can be.
1: Yeah, that's one, if I can tell anybody, you know, if you get an adventure bike and have the ability to go do it, that is one that nobody should miss. It's just absolutely incredible
0: sounds like it'd be a lot of fun i know i've been playing with putting a a route i want to maybe try to do the summer was i know you did you've done part of it. i've seen one of your videos is you know i got a cool idea to get through washington then over to take the old highway down into lewiston but then i want to cut down up was it 129 down towards enterprise and then plan was like hit pendleton and then follow 395 and almost all the way down to klamath falls and then come back up through bend
1: yeah i mean you have a few actual you have a few different options for that too that you could put some variations on because you can actually go from enterprise kind of around down to halfway oregon and then into john day on paved roads so you're you know you'd be fine on your bike it's all paved but Mm -hmm. it's you know some really back road areas through some pretty through some pretty areas that's a lot different from riding into Pendleton
0: yeah that's a good point because yeah I was just looking at ideas like looking up that route because I haven't ridden that stretch but I know of course you know three videos you has know my dad and you know some other friends like dude oh it's just everybody says it's just an amazing ride through that part of the country down there and I want to you know like we're talking I enjoy traveling you know the back highways not your main ones and you know, I want to get down through Central Oregon, down by the California border again, then come back up.
1: Yeah, but, but you, you can, can have, have fun. Always, the the road from Le Grand to Pendleton, the back road, the one just north of I-84, is a fantastic yeah. ride. That's a beautiful area. And 395 is a great road, too, you know, all the way down.
0: Yeah, see, I rode it. I bet you it's been, well, we're 23. I got the plaque behind me at 2000 was the last time. I'd ridden 395 south of Pendleton. It's been 23 years now. And I remember how it was just a fun ride. It it is. You get up dispersed campgrounds along the rivers at points. And it was beautiful.
1: Yeah. It's a cool area. You get, you get those, you get, it's weird because you get up on these plateaus and you get this really long stretch on a plateau and then another river will cross it and you'll work your, sneak your way all the way down to the river and then all the way back up the other side and then back on another plateau and you blast for another 20 miles till you hit another river. It's, it's a cool, cool rhythm to your day when you're riding it. It keeps it keeps it interesting.
0: Yeah, except when it's the dead of summer, you get down some of those canyons and it's like you're in an oven.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, I remember that a few times. I mean, I think it was the high 90s everywhere. Then you get down some of those canyons, and I remember it was sitting 110, 20. It's like because you're just you know you get down those canyons, it's like you're in an oven. It's like holy crap. It yeah. was hot, but God, it was some beautiful country. I'd like it to did. go see it again.
1: It's a it's a desolate beautiful. <laughs>
0: That's a good way of putting it. So I know. So you you were riding. You had a BMW, which I know, like you know, through our conversation, you just recently got rid of.
1: Yeah, sold it yesterday. <laughs>
0: so, so is it kind of hard to to get rid of something you've had for a while and all the adventures, or?
1: Ah, uh, no, that that one not so much. I mean, I liked it. Okay. It was a it's a good it's a good bike, but I don't think I had a real attachment to it. Okay, you know, it was, it was a, it was a it was a tool. So. but a good but i mean mean, a good one Right? like any motorcycle right they all have their own personalities they all they all have their own things and i loved it but yeah i didn't see a reason to keep it and as the mileage gets higher on it you know maintenance becomes more and more of a thing that you have to be really attentive to and it was just you know and then with the yeah i I didn't really need it right now and i didn't want to pay to store it so it was just time to time to let it go
0: yeah, so can we kind of, you know, touch a little bit on uh, kind of your your next big adventure that you have going on in the near future? Yeah, sure. Go go ahead. Well, you, I'm a, uh...
1: Yeah, I'm going to be doing some extended extended travel for the next, you know, hopefully year to year and a half. So, I'm in the, I'm in the, kind of in the process of packing stuff into storage and getting paperwork all sorted and ready to go. that's kind of going to go
0: uh around the world adventure
1: yeah i don't know exactly i don't know exactly where yeah where i'm going you know entirely i have ideas of some places but a lot of it is going to depend on how i do with my budgeting and how well i figured that out and and then where i want to go and we'll see how long it goes you know i told i've told myself i'm not out to prove to anybody that I can do something or prove that I'm you know, tougher than anybody else at doing this. So if I ever really get to the point that I don't want to be doing it anymore, I won't feel bad if I head home. You know, um, there's going to be ups and downs. Anytime you travel, there's ups and downs. There's going to be hard days. There's going to be days where I don't want to be maybe where I'm at. But if I ever get to the point where I can't get over the feeling of I don't really want to be doing this, I want to be home, then, then I'll be home.
0: Well, and I think it's going to be a different aspect when you know you're you're going to be living off your bike for a very extended amount of time, yep. and that's a, I think a completely different ball game, as opposed to uh, you know, a week adventure somewhere because yours is going to be a lot more than that.
1: Yeah, it is. The longest I've gone was a month on the bike, so this is this is a whole whole different level.
0: And so you're gonna, you know, obviously you're gonna be, you know, filming and, and documenting all your travels and places and and everything you got going on.
1: Yeah, as best I can. That's gonna be, yeah. that's gonna be a whole new learning curve. You know, I'm 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 bringing a laptop with me and all the GoPros and I'm gonna try to, you know, be editing, editing video as I get a chance and upload it as often as I can.
0: And I know, you know through other people that I've got to meet, you know, to do, you know, will camp and you know, do the hostels where you, you know, you can kind of, you know, have Wi-Fi, get stuff to do. Is that kind of something you're going to do along the same lines?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll camp when I, when I think it's safe and I want to, and, -hmm. but even when I'm, even when it is safe, you know, every fourth day, fifth day, you know, having a bed and a shower is pretty welcome. (laughs) So yeah, I I could understand that completely. Yeah. And, and I've told myself too, I don't want to burn myself out. So I'm going to kind of treat my writing almost like a job and that if I ride five days in a row I'm going to make myself take a couple days off the bike just so I don't burn out and wear myself out and when I do those it'll probably make sense to get a hostel or something like that and that's, that's when I plan it yeah so that's kind of when I plan to do my you know edit my video so I'm hoping maybe a weekly video is realistic for me on what I can do and I'll ride for five days and when I have those two days off I'll that'll be my time to edit a video and see the sites r- relax where I I'm at
0: do you have a goal of, you know, you would like to hit so many continents at least, kind of, you know, uh, just a ballpark to idea? Or...
1: Mm, it, best case scenario, I think I'd like to go to four continents on this. Um, I've ridden in Africa already. I did a trip to Morocco. So I've already ridden in Africa. But, um, yeah, I but i may not i may not get there i may only do one or two continents you know who knows right. it it'll it'll all depend on like i said is the finances of it is uh, it's hard to kind of gauge what what's realistic you know because you, yeah. even when you talk to people who have done trips like this they may have done them 10 years ago and finances and the cost of travel is much different now
0: oh yeah i mean year and, to year it changed i mean but, fuck damn your daily i bet yeah, yeah.
1: and so it's hard to gauge what's what's realistic, so we'll we'll see how I do. <laughs> That's
0: going to be a lot of fun following it and, you know, the in the places, you know, once you come out, you know, let people know kind of, you know, what you got going on, where you're heading in the first little legs of it and and go along. So it be pretty freaking cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. I You know, I'm going to – I'll be real upfront with people about the generalized route, but I don't want to really give out what my timing in individual areas is, you know, kind of yeah. the, Well. Yeah. Yeah. The, the itchy boot scenario of, you know, you never know who's watching and what you say publicly. So I don't need to right. let people know I'm going somewhere specific. But.
0: Well, I think, you know, once your videos come out and, you know, somebody, you know, a week prior. Oh, well, you know, you were here. I mean, people can get an idea where you yeah, had just at least, you know, through yeah. your your social media wise. Yeah. What was it well, like yeah. when, you know, ride in Morocco? How long were you down there?
1: It was it was fantastic i did a three-week trip um not all of it i spent a few days in spain on my way there because it was it, it was an interesting logistical and thing the way that we did it but i ended up flying into spain and then taking the train and the ferry across to morocco and then picking up bikes in morocco and then rode around morocco for close to two weeks mm-hmm. the bikes and then worked our way back But yeah, I mean, that was, that was phenomenal. It was, it's, it's a different, it's a different world. And you kind of, most of the time it felt like, you know, I was just riding here because you're just out riding your motorcycle. There were other times when you realized real quick that you weren't in Kansas anymore, so to say,
0: you know. Yeah, I I can
1: imagine so. Yeah, especially in a, a, you know, an Islamic country. Um, I remember one of the days we got lost and we were having some gps problems and we had both my brother and i we each had a gps on our bike and our gps's were consistently telling us to go different directions to get to the same place (laughs) and (laughs) so it was nonstop arguing and you know over over which way to go and neither of us really knew but we were convinced our gps was right and the other guy's gps was wrong just because it was on my bike it had to be right (laughs) you know right And, and we made a turn in this little remote town um and we're kind of we ended up in you know back alleys of this little town where guys are you know welding in their workshops and stuff and it was you know getting late in the afternoon and the the call for prayer from the went out from the mosque you know and you can hear it everywhere in town when they do it and all of a sudden probably 200 women in the full the full burqa, you know not just a head covering but the full burqa with just a little Shall we? just come streaming out of all these buildings and walking on the street we're trying to get our motorcycles in there you know going on either side of us like a river around us of just these women in these full burkas and that was one of those moments where i sort of realized that you know i'm i am in a different in a different land and it's a different culture and a different place than what i'm really used to yeah i,
0: I can imagine some of those sites things you see you know the, the expression like you made you know you know not in kansas anymore toto this is uh someplace totally different
1: yeah yeah and it, it, you know that's one of the few times you know, i can say you know just and i don't know why you know i've thought about it a lot over the years on why i felt uncomfortable in that moment because it's something so different from what we have but you know i was never in danger i was it was never unsafe but for somebody you know when you get when you end up in a in a space in a spot so different from what you're used to, I felt uncomfortable in that moment. and I think that's good though to have those moments and realize that and I think that's how you get to get to the point of going into different cultures and writing and writing there and fitting in and being able to interact with people a lot better.
0: It would be very different. i I could I could see you know when you're in a completely different culture, customs, country riding and and trying, like saying, you know, try to fit in or just understand the differences in in cultures and try to be comfortable.
1: Yeah, but we had a lot of really great moments too, because, you know, I don't, they speak either French or Arabic there. Um, Those are the two languages, and I certainly don't speak either of them, all the all the French I know, I learned from Pepe Le Pew, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but there we had many great moments where somebody from across a restaurant would get up and walk over and introduce themselves, say hi, tell us how glad that they, you know, they were to have us in our country and they want us to have a good experience and ask if they could help us order our food because they speak English, you know, and those moments are great when you realize that there's, you know, most people are just, just are excited that other people want to see their part of the world and they're happy to show it off and they want to, want people to have a good experience.
0: That's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, goes back to, I mean, people obviously can tell that, you know, you're an outsider, so to speak. And, you know, when you're just trying to be comfortable in the area and just understand things for, you know, to get that friendly gesture vibe from somebody it has got to be kind of a, a good feeling when you're, you know, nobody.
1: Yeah. And especially, you know, the Arab world is, you know, hospitality is one of their huge things, right? It's one of the one of the things that is culturally really important to them. So I you know, it's it's a real treat in some ways to travel in a country like that because everywhere you go, people go out of their way to be hospitable to you.
0: That's pretty cool. I mean, you know, a neat feeling. Have you ventured into, you know, any other countries besides Morocco
1: since, you know, since you've been doing
0: this or, you know, riding or
1: well, Canada. I don't know if the, do we count Canada as a, as another country.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, technically, you know, you're crossing the border into a different country, so you know, yeah, I would say so.
1: Yeah, and no, I mean, I've been up to I've been up to Canada many times, so I I really enjoy riding up in Canada.
0: You know, I've never been up there on, on my motorcycle. i like to go do Vancouver Island, and then I'd I love to go up through the you know the Canadian Rockies, and I want to bench over and just see Banff.
1: Yeah, the Canadian Rockies, that, that, that ride from Banff to Jasper through the Icefields Parkway is uh, incredible. That is one of the prettiest places in the world, I, bar none. You know, when you have Lake Louise and Marina Lake and all those famous, famous viewpoints and pictures and riding your motorcycle by it and watching it go by, it's just, it's, it's a pretty amazing place. It's a, it's, it should be on everybody's bucket list to ride.
0: Yeah, it is a mine. I know that. It's yeah. one of these days. I need a job where I can get more vacation and make more money so I can take more time off to go have fun.
1: Don't we all, man? I, I, yeah. need, to, I, need, I need to find myself a rich old lady with a bad ticker.
0: <laughs> find yourself a sugar mama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That would be fun. So besides up there, I mean, you've done a lot of exploring also up in Washington and whatnot. I know from some of your videos, you know I've Ventured through some of the same areas but it seems you've really you know touched a lot of places you know way of traveling on your bike through the whole northwest you know when you go through your channel you've really done a lot of stuff throughout this our whole area which is really cool
1: yeah i've certainly tried to I've, i always set out to ride stuff that i haven't ridden before you know i mean there's ones that i ride over and over and i'm, and I'm happy to ride them over and over but every time i plan you know even a weekend trip I will try to have at least a section of it that is something I haven't been to or haven't ridden yet.
0: That's going to be kind of get a little difficult for, you know, it, it seems through, you know, the stuff I've seen, you've really covered a, a lot of area.
1: Yeah, it is. It gets harder and harder to find stuff. Um, but but I keep doing it. And there's things that that I've regone to because for some reason I didn't see them well. I know for, for years the – Lava Beds National Monument down in Southern Oregon in Northern California it was a nemesis of mine I went there three or four times and never got to see them on the motorcycle because I figured out that every way I routed it I got myself in way too late at night and I was on a timeline to have to get home for some reason and I couldn't stay the next day or or whatever so you know sometimes it's going back to visit things that I didn't get to see for some reason
0: you ever been through Craters of the Moon over in Idaho? I have. Yeah, Craters. That was of, pretty freaking cool.
1: It's yeah, it's, it's that's one other one of those it's just otherworldly when you get out there. That black lava with just mm. the random little trees popping up here and there. It's it reminds yeah. me a lot of kind of central Oregon in the McKenzie Pass area where you have the big lava flows. It's just yeah, yeah. It's a neat area. I don't. It's been a lot of years I did that, and probably. 2012, maybe, somewhere in there, 2011, 2012, when I went through Craters of the Moon, and I remember it not being a real exceptional motorcycle road. You know, I, I wouldn't say that it was anything memorable in that sense, but an incredibly beautiful area. I remember the scenery more than the riding.
0: Another cool one, I mean, it's, you know, if for, you know, people that like history is uh, Dry Falls up outside of Soap Lake.
1: That's one I haven't, I haven't actually been to on the motorcycle.
0: Really? It's yeah. actually pretty cool to imagine what it was, you know, in a day. Cause they, I mean, you could have put Niagara Falls many times inside of it and there's still lakes down at the bottom, but it, it's a pretty cool little, uh, I think it's actually kind of a small little national park area.
1: Yeah. yeah it's, I mean,
0: it's a neat place.
1: I know the area, you know, I've gone through, I've gone through Cooley, Grand Coulee area and all that. And I know it's just, it's not too far up the road from Grand Coulee if I Right. No,
0: just a little, just right. slightly southeast.
1: So just southeast.
0: Yeah, and if you like ice cream, there's a killer homemade ice cream stand that's, that's right cool. there in the little parking lot of Dry Falls. Freaking amazing.
1: Yeah, and that's one. For some reason, I've just haven't. You know, that's that's how I keep my stuff. Is I'll I'll jot it down, and you know, someday when I'm out that way, I'll add it to to a reason to go see it because I haven't been there.
0: Or another fun one, like uh, Grand Coulee Dam in the summertime, in the evening when they do the laser shows, they open up the floodgates and do the lasers off the white water. Yeah, that's pretty freaking cool.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a pretty area too. I it's uh, that that desolate beauty. Um, once yeah, you get like desert. Once you get, I guess it's kind of, I guess it's due east of there. I'm trying to think when you come down the hill and and around the dam, and then you hit the little town. And then which I can't remember which way the highway goes out of there. I think uh, it goes east. Cooley
0: City is at the bottom of Banks Lake,
1: Thanks.
0: and then I think it it forks, and you can actually head. Let me look, you can head towards Soap Lake, or you
1: head towards Afreda? Yeah, I, I think I, it I, is. I'd have to look at a map because I've every time I've done it, it's kind of like on my way to Spokane to make my way out into you know into Montana or something like that.
0: So, so yeah, Grand Coulee goes down, then you follow the highway down to Coulee city and yeah, then it goes down to a and it splits there. And then you can either go like towards Odessa or you keep going down towards the gorge and then down towards vantage. Hmm. And yeah, Soap Lake would just be, you keep going South cause uh, Soap Lake is just North of a Yeah. So that's, that's probably one just... dry falls and, is every
1: time I do that, I probably turn the other, turn the other yeah. way at the fork.
0: <laughs> yeah, because Cooley City, you can head, you can go east. I think it's actually considered Highway Two, and that heads towards Spokane. Yeah. Let me look back in here. Yeah, Highway Two, which heads towards like Wilbur and then Davenport, and takes you over to Spokane. Yep. Yep.
1: So that yeah. That'll be one someday. I'll get over there and see it.
0: But, that, I mean, that too, yeah. Like, say, so you get up that way. That's a – Highway 2 is a beautiful ride. I mean, because you can take that actually all the way through Montana. Yeah, and you, can, you can. instead of taking 90, you can take 2 all the way. And that is a – I haven't done all of it through there, but I have some friends that have done it. So it's just absolutely an epic, beautiful ride because you're going through northern Montana by the border on on 2 and you go through some amazing country.
1: Yeah, you know, you can. I've done it from – got to think about this because I, I always get 2 and 20 confused in, with – up there but i've taken 20 all the way through north cascades and that's then over an and, north and then over to sand there. point and then from sand point then you can kind of cut over through the northern i think that's two up through libby yeah. montana and yep and then into and then into uh kalispell yeah i think 20
0: is? eventually i believe will dump you down into highway two because it'll join it up by uh is that Bonner's Ferry? Yeah. yeah.
1: So that sounds about right. Trying to look,
0: remember. Yeah. I think over by Republic and then to Kettle Falls, then it dumps down, then it changes. But yeah, yeah that's that... 20. I think it's probably one of the most awesome rides for, you know, the Northwest.
1: It and, is. And... and it's
0: one of my favorites.
1: And and even beyond the North Cascades bit of it, when you get when you get east, it goes back up into some forests and mountains again. And yeah, by the Republic
0: some... and whatnot, you're back up in the timber, and it's oh, yeah. it's beautiful.
1: It's it's an incredible ride to do it in the, the full length of it.
0: Well, it's crazy. You go through east of Washington, like the Spokane area, where it's just desolate. There's not much. But if you go a little bit farther north, then you get back into the forest. I mean, over there you got all the pine forest but I mean, there ain't nothing, no trees anywhere to you don't got to go that far north and all of a sudden you're getting back into timber and it's like a you're in a total different country region
1: yeah well the temperature will drop 10 degrees in the summer just be having the trees around that makes a big difference
0: <laughs> in the wintertime it'll drop by 60. <laughs> yeah. well spokane's pretty high in elevation i mean that's you know the whole east of washington it's a high yes. desert and yeah. it gets cold as shit
1: yeah i i I'm I'm glad I am glad I don't live over there just because of the winters.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Sometimes it's bad enough on this side.
1: It should be pretty mild where you are, right? Because you get the the ocean probably keeps you. But see, for temperate. us,
0: it it depends when it when the jet streams shift, and then we'll get that outflow out of the Arctic that comes down through the Fraser River Valley of the Canadian Rockies, and when it shifts and we start getting that outflow it is that's when we really get nailed with snow in the winter and severe you know we'll get down to the teens and whatnot when you get that fraser river outflow in the winter and if there's any moisture in the jet stream anywhere we get pounded with snow
1: i can see that i I always figured that the that the ocean would have moderated your temperature like the coast but i guess i didn't think about the canadian air coming down
0: yeah that's what can really get us here is that is that outflow from there that's when we know we're going to get cold when they start talking that on the news that's when you <laughs> cover up your hose bibs and get ready for some cold ass weather but other than that i mean you know we are pretty fortunate here in the northwest we still have the ability to ride pretty much year round you might have a couple weeks here in there where you got you know snow or severe cold and ice but you do have the ability where we can ride a good amount of the time
1: yeah, you gotta be okay with some wet, but as long as you're as long as you're yeah. good with that. Yeah, you know, like to me
0: today. On. Yeah, you know, I'll go go up to my dad's shop to put on my new rear suspension and it would just overcast and so, you know it wasn't the most pretty clouds and pull in this garage, shut the garage door, put the bike on the lift. You know, we're two hours doing the rear suspension and cool, we're done. Roll the bike off, open the garage door and it's pouring rain. I'm like, fuck. Serious? Shit.
1: Yeah. You know, it's one thing I, I, I don't mind when I get stuck in it and I have to ride home. That doesn't bother me. It's the days that when it's raining, when I go to get on the bike that are a little bit yeah. harder. <laughs>
0: and that, I know what know, I've been for. Yeah. That's kind of where I was like, damn. And I'm like, but you know what? Okay. It's, you know, 10, 12 minutes, to get home. It, it is what it is. And granted, I just, you know, wore a sweatshirt, but I'm like, oh, well I'm going home. I got dry clothes. I don't care. But actually I stayed drier than I thought, you know? So it worked out well.
1: Yeah, it's, as long as you don't stop, you can stay fairly dry on a bike. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah, with that, you know, clockworks windshield. No, just kidding. But yeah, and, you know, having that bit of fairing too, especially for weather protection, does make a difference, especially with, you know, touring bikes and whatnot. But I will say having new suspension as compared to that 20-plus-year-old suspension that was on the rear of my bike is such a big change.
1: Yeah, you you're, you're going to you are going to love it once you get out and start really getting into the twisties with it.
0: Yeah, I wanted to try to do some stuff, but when I opened the door and looked at the weather, it's like, Haha, "Fuck, I'm going home." But oh well. Well, as, as you were it's telling me on there, I'm happy.
1: When you were telling me how old your suspension was, I imagine just fresh stock suspension would have been a big upgrade for you.
0: It probably would have. But at least now it's it's definitely up updated so it's going to be it's going to be really nice i'm looking forward to it, especially next month when i get the front done new forks and all new front end that's going to be really nice and you know throw in some new neck bearings and everything and get it all ready for the summertime
1: adventures it's the way to do it do it do it, do it now and don't decide to do yeah. it in june when the weather turns
0: <laughs> no that's why you know trying to get everything dialed in now so i figured you know winter is a great time to do these upgrades and and all that stuff especially anything but yeah suspension everybody says you know you would notice a huge difference and even the short ride home i noticed a huge difference in the in the suspension especially even just doing the rear for now and then like we said front i'll go down to oregon down to crash inc and we'll do the front next month and that should make a world of difference i'm excited
1: yeah it'll be it'll be a whole different bike for you
0: Well, the nice thing and then it's like you know a 300 mile ride home to really enjoy it yeah yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll crash them start... down in Dallas, Oregon. So, you know, from Dallas all the way back up to Port Angeles. And depending on what route
1: you take. Yeah. You've got you've got some amazing riding between here and that between there and there.
0: Oh, it could take a day to three days to get home, you know, one never yeah. knows. <laughs> go yeah. gotta go to Port, Port Angeles via Montana, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, you'll have to see what passes are open, I guess, to figure out yeah. if you, how you're gonna do it, but
0: or even coming up the coast is a nice ride yeah. you know if yeah. permitting you know head out one one and come up cut across over by uh uh god what
1: woodland pl oh, yeah. yeah yeah woodland yeah you can take what is it highway four out
0: yeah out by westport hoquem area yeah
1: and then up the coast or or you can take it up and then cut into aberdeen and then go around the peninsula that way from aberdeen Yeah.
0: or yeah, cut across down the bottom of the peninsula by uh, McCleary and cut across Aberdeen and go up. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. But yeah, it's okay. going to be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to doing the front and you know having full match front and rear. It's going to be really fucking nice. Yeah. Or in theory, it should be
1: really nice. We'll find out. Yeah. No, it will be best money you can <laughs> spend if you any if it, if you were going to spend money on anything on your bike, suspension's the best thing you can spend your money on. I think.
0: Yeah suspension and lighting yeah it's nice to be able to see where you're going and be seen so well shoot man thanks for you know coming out on super bowl sunday instead of watching the game you know sit here and talk motorcycles and and share some of your adventures. do i greatly appreciate it
1: yeah well i'm happy to happy to have done it thank you for thank you for inviting me i was i was sort of surprised being that you know i i've never owned a harley or well, I, I've owned a V-Twin, I guess the V-Strong is a V-Twin, but
0: there you, you go. Know. But I mean, you know, I think for me, it was just, you know, when, when I took the name, the V-Twin Life, I, it was just more or less V-Twin covers. I mean, anymore, everybody makes a V-Twin and it was just something that, you know, I figured covered all aspects of motorcycling. And, you know, for me, it's just all about introducing other people and, and getting to meet them and meeting the fellow people and, and sharing their stories throughout our community.
1: Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. It's always, it's always fun to just talk motorcycles and for a bit. I didn't really do a good job of looking at the comments even to see what people <laughs> were asking or saying. <laughs> I was just talking. Uh,
0: you know, and, and that's the fun of it. So, no, I mean, and, you know, go ahead and plug your channel. Let people know where they can follow your adventures because, you know, you, you got a an epic adventure coming up. And people will be probably a lot of fun for people to follow along as, as your travels are going to be going all over the place.
1: Yeah, you can find me at dewy rides on youtube and instagram so i will keep both of them updated
0: it'll be fun i'm, I'm looking forward to it
1: yeah so am i, I am mean, it's getting down to crunch time so part of me is a bit a bit nervous you know it's the, the reality is hitting of it all <laughs>
0: oh i bet yeah yeah all of a sudden the planning and realizing that uh it's very close to go time
1: Yeah. The first one, you know, when I told work what I was doing and that I was going to be leaving and then, you know, putting in notice, um, for my house and selling a motorcycle, all that stuff, you know, is all, all stuff that kind of made it real.
0: I bet. So well, shoot, man. Thank you for, you know, coming on actually, you know, I can go and hang out for a few, but yeah, thanks for, you know, coming in and taking time and sharing your adventures, man. It's it's great to meet you, you know, finally in, in a way, I guess you could say face to face and, you know, i've been watching your videos for a while so you know i was looking forward to you know talking with you and, and having fun yeah,
1: well uh, thanks for thanks for having me on thanks for the support and watching the videos that means a lot to me it's always it's always fun to <laughs> know that people actually do watch them
0: well and you know and i think it's neat why it's like i was saying earlier you know i enjoy watching especially when i can relate to the areas and understand where you're at it's a lot of fun you know watching people from the same region it's like hey, I've been in this area, you know, I, I know where this is at, and, you know, you, you're taking some ways different avenues, but it's it's pretty cool when you can relate and understand the areas. And for me, it's, you know, makes it a little bit more fun to watch. I,
1: I appreciate it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right on. So, well, shoot, man. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in tonight for Milepost 93 with Dewey Rides. We got a guest yet to be named for next week for Milepost 94. So... Until then, guys, hey, have fun, ride safe, enjoy that open road, and we will catch you on the next milepost. Later.